From a rainy Pacific Northwest, this is Tech Talk Today, episode 186. Good morning. It's Friday, June 19th. My name is Chris. And I'm Angela. And did it just get like surprise rain on you all of a sudden? Yeah, actually, it was torrential on the way here. I like the smell, though, when it's been really hot. Yeah. And then it rains a little bit and like it's on the asphalt. It smells super good. Wow. What? I'm glad you added fault because I was just exactly where you were going with that. I was like, what? my brain is in a different place this morning. That's all right. That makes it for a fun show. It is a Friday edition after all. So I think that's totes appropes. Speaking of totes appropes. <laughs> wow. Time appropes to our mumble room. Welcome to the Friday edition, guys. Hello. Hello. Wow. It sounds like a whole posse. Time appropes, guys. So uh, let's talk about why the Tech Talk Today program is no longer going to be relevant. You don't need to tune in anymore. Stop listening right now. We are (laughs) old media. Welcome to new media. It's YouTube. That's right. YouTube (laughs) is tiptoeing towards journalism with Uh. Newswire. Now, um, here's the thing, guys. If you watch the news a lot recently, starting really, let's just get, I'll just going to mention this word, it's not political, starting with Syria, <gasps> but it's really starting recently, uh, videos are getting posted on YouTube a lot that CNN and Fox News and MSNBC are running and BBC are running and saying, we can't independently verify the source of these videos, but they ah. were posted on YouTube, uh, and now we'll run a story based on them. Now, what ah. YouTube is going to try to do is try to verify some of these videos. The company is rolling out the YouTube Newswire, a feed that is the most newsworthy eyewitness videos of the day. In other words, they're maybe going to uh, verify some of them, according to Olivia Ma, who's in uh, Google's News Lab. She wrote on a blog post that the videos will be verified by editors at Storyful, a social news agency that will be partnering with YouTube. So then you were going to have – the idea is like you can see a news video on YouTube that's like from an independent person and they're going to go out and verify that it really is legitimate and not like a scam or some huh. social marketing experiment Jeez. or something like that. That sounds like a busy job. Yeah. yeah you well, know, least, like, oh, here's this. I'm going to fly out to wherever. Or, or like, I mean, huh. Storyful says they can make it happen. Uh, I, this is uh, – I wonder where this is going. Mumble Room, do you, will you ever trust YouTube as a source for news? No. No. Unless I can verify it myself, no. Yeah. You know, I, I watch... Oh, go ahead. I like Google I like Google News, but that's because it's not... It's just aggregating other stuff for me, but there's, they're not checking anything. Yeah. Like, I don't even trust it when CNN runs a clip saying, well, we saw this on YouTube and now we're reporting it. Like, to me, that feels like shallow journalism, too. Right. <clears throat> Something really cool the other day on Twitter, Como News retweeted somebody, probably one of their reporters out in the field, but it was his personal Twitter account, and he was using Periscope to yeah. cover the the crash at Payne Field, yeah. the airplane crash. <clears throat> so that was really interesting. I watched that, like, and there was yeah, chat. It that was really is an, cool. That is an interesting thing. Like, uh, as as news and journalism changes, you know, the death of journalism really is the death of the business model of journalism, of, right. of the traditional business model. But there's more journalists and independent newsmakers than there ever has been today, and the internet's been a fantastic platform. I mean... Hello. So uh, I wonder if, you know, things like that might become more core commonplace. People reporting directly on Twitter and directly on YouTube. Right. And there could become a need for somebody to say, yeah, that's legit. I think more so what it is is people over time identify the source. You become familiar with the source of that news and you trust that source and you take it in with a broad spectrum of all other sources that you trust. And it's up to the viewer or reader to make up their own mind. You can't right. trust newsworthy or, or, or whoever is going to be doing the creation for YouTube. You just have to use your own instincts. Right. Well, we all know that uh, at least, you know, a lot of people, they fall for the onion mm, yeah, posts all true. the time. That's a good point. So, it obviously is a little needed. And those, they get, you on, uh, they get you on Facebook from time to time, too. From yeah. time to time. All right. This one is kind of like a PR disaster. Only, only it's one of those disasters I wish happened 
to me. Uh, before we get to that, Spazzy C, I'll let you uh, chime in. Uh, last thoughts on our on the last story. Sorry, just that we're we seem to trust a lot of the YouTube tutorials. People go there for sources of information to watch yep. people do stuff. Yep. So is that so? Where's the line between what we will believe and what we won't believe? Hmm. Yeah. One is well, like you can a, verify the tutorials just by doing the tutorials. Yeah. One is yeah. One is uh, one is like you're trusting information, and the other is a process that can be verified by going through the process itself. But you're right. There is a level of trust happening there. This guy trusted Heinz Ketchup. <laughs> Heinz Ketchup, as a promotion, put QR codes on their bottles, and you could scan them and then go to a website and make your own Heinz Ketchup label. However, after a period of time, Heinz did not renew the domain that the QR code was linked to, <laughs> and so a German Heinz Ketchup user scanned the QR code and landed on porn. So uh, that's great. Hardcore. Right. Hardcore porn. Yeah, a Heinz Ketchup bottle QR code leads to a hardcore porn site. Uh, boy, what could you imagine? And well, could you no, imagine? No, here's the thing. Dylan and I, when we see QR codes, scan them all the time. We whip out my phone yeah. and we scan them. He asks you to every time. So if he saw that, like he doesn't eat ketchup, but he's Abby a Q- and Bella he's do. He's a QR code hunter. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Heinz this week apologized to a German man who was directed to a hardcore porn, porn site after scanning a QR code on the ketchup bottle. Uh, Daniel scanned the code, thinking it would lead to a promotional site where he could design his own Heinz ketchup label. But as the local news reports, Heinz label design campaign ran from 2012 to 2014, and the domain expired this year. It was snatched up by a German porn site called Fundorado, <laughs> which, is, which is where the QR code led. Woo! And he even went to Facebook and posted it. So here's a picture of his, uh, his Samsung wow. phone. <laughs> and there's the, there's the porn site right there. And he went to Facebook. and. Uh, okay, so how do but, they fix this? Your ketchup is probably nothing for minors, he writes, with a winky face. <laughs> Well, I guess, yeah, because this is on a bunch of other bottles. Right. So can they reprogram their own QR code? Well, they'd have to be able to buy the domain back from the, those people. So once a QR code is made for a website? Because it's pointing to a URL. So it's the domain that URL points to, right? So it's all that QR code is a shortcut to a URL. Uh, I know, but unless they're, using a, unless they're using a URL source, never, it's pretty common practice. Yeah. Oh, and then you could change like the bit.ly. Yeah, but I doubt they're doing that. They're probably going directly well, to the domain. Bitly doesn't allow you to change it, but yeah, you yeah, can do you're a dynamic. Right. You can do a dynamic one, but uh, sure. this one they didn't do dynamic, so yeah, they, they so, have to get the domain back. I wonder if they have to buy out the hardcore porn site. I think so. Or they wait, have to wait, wait, convince wait. the registrar. Wait, wait. The website that Heinz was going to was called that El Dorado thing? That's what they call it. So and, and I wonder, I almost want to scan the QR codes right there on the ketchup bottle. Do you want to get your do QR it. code scanner right, out? Let's, let's do it. Let's see where it goes. Let's see if they fixed it. Because uh, I, 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 it's a little small. Here, I'll zoom it up a go. little bit. Here, I'm going to zoom it. And then hopefully your thing will be able to scan it. All right, here, you you, you give them the uh, play-by-play of what I'm okay, doing. Okay, so my phone is to the screen. And, oh, yeah, it got oh, it. It got it. Got it, 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 got it. Here we go. So let's Here see what go. happens. Uh, okay, I want to see it. Uh, why, why I can't see it? It's got an ad. I think I think that's... Is that it? Is there any porn loading? Sagsmithhines.de. Sags- Sags- oh, Sagsmith... Yeah. Yeah. But there, is there any porn? No. And what is it? Let me see. There's nothing. It's nothing. So they've already, they've already fixed it. There's an ad at the bottom, so somebody's making some ad money when you load the page. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That is funny. Maybe the people who put the porn on in the first place just get, did it for the press, and then as soon as they they get a ton of people to oh, yeah. talk about it, and then they put to put ads on it so they make money. That'd be a clever Sean, way, like go around and yeah. find QR codes on products. Sean PC said that um, they the porn company likely redirected. They bought the domain and then redirected it to their porn site. Oh, probably. Which makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Because I was like, why would Heinz have that domain? Yeah, like, that's, that's weird. too funny. Oh, good times. All right. Angela sounds disappointed. Well, you know, my brain. My brain is in, in this kind of <laughs> mode. mode. It's Friday. So. <laughs> it's Friday, everybody. All right, so let's talk about this one. We're talking about mobile apps. This one's a little concerning. Billions of records could be at risk. So uh, I'll give you the prefaces because this Reuters article is really a lot to chew Reuters? from. Reuters? Yeah. Reuters? Reuters. Reuters? Reuters. Really? Yeah. I know, right? Can you believe? It's ridiculous. No. It's true. Uh, security researchers have undiscovered or have discovered. Undiscovered. <laughs> it's, it's no longer discovered. They buried it. Sorry. <laughs> there, don't, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. <laughs> Run away. Uh, a flaw in the way that thousands of popular mobile applications store their data online. Like in a lot of cases, if you have an app and it stores a lot of your information, like in an EC2 instance or something like this, a lot of these cloud storage instances are accessed via a token. So the client app has a token that authorizes to the remote storage. The token's authenticated, and you get access to the storage. Well, guess what? What? Different, two different sets of teams of researchers. Uh, one team in Germany found that 56 million uh, different types of records were recoverable when they took somebody's phone, and they were able to get physical access to the phone, extract these tokens from the apps. And then once they extract these tokens from the apps, which were not well protected, they're not, like, they're not obfuscated in the app, they're not hidden, they're not encrypted, once they pull these token, these codes out of the app, these these long strings mm-hmm. of numbers, yeah, they get access to the things you have stored in Dropbox. They get access to things stored in the EC2 that the app uses. So, like, huh. they can get access. They can they what they do is to the service is they pretend they are that app because mm. these tokens are a combination of your identity and an, and an identity for that app. And so, if you come from a different from a different device with that same token, you look like that same user using that same app, and they're able to pull down your data. Bits of identity. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they can say attackers can easily extract and tweak those tokens in the app, which, of course, they'd have to have physical access to the, to the phone, which then gives them access to the private data stored on the server. And, it's a, and what, the, what the report is really highlighting here is it is the majority of the app developers who are not protecting these app tokens. It's right. not like a rare thing. It's the majority of developers are not properly protecting these, assuming people never get physical access to the device and never pull them off. Uh, so if your phone supports encryption and you're worried about that, it might be something you want to turn on. Yesterday, speaking of phones, we talked about a flaw in the Samsung keyboard that could allow the keyboard to be replaced during an update and then an attacker could, you know, I don't know. Replace m- with what? <clears throat> a bad keyboard, like a bogus keyboard. Oh. Think about that. Huh. If you could put your own keyboard on a phone, you could watch everything somebody types, every username and password they oh, enter. I see. They're, they're, when they enter their password to the Got store it. to buy apps, like your Facebook login, your Mint login, everything, every well, app login. it wouldn't happen. <clears throat> wow. Because I have uh, an iPhone. <laughs> oh, man. You know if there's ever a story about it more than that story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do it. Okay. So this is – so Samsung's like, okay, well, here's a problem. We have this problem. It affects phones all the way back to the S4. And if you, <laughs> you, yeah, it's a lot of phones. And uh, – we're also not very good about doing updates. So how is Samsung going to fix this problem that affects such a wide range of devices? Well, as you might expect, they have sort of a multi-tiered approach to how to solve this particular problem. If you're on a new-ish device, all flagship model, all flagship Samsung products since the Galaxy S4 have the Knox security platform installed. If you have Knox in protection enabled, one of these protections is security enhancements for Android. Hey, anybody in the mumble room have this device? Oh yeah, this is like these are the number one Android phones. Ever. Like oh. these, these are ever, huge so, in our audience. Uh, so let me finish this. Okay. Uh, so if you have Knox security enabled on your Samsung phone, uh, then Samsung is going to be pushing security policies, not software patches. Samsung will be pushing security policy updates to S4 phones and beyond. But you have to have this turned on in order to get this fix. 
If you want this, you have to go into settings, lock screen and security, other security settings, security policy updates, and make sure automatic updates is on on your device if you want to get Knox security policy updates. If you're on an older device that doesn't have Knox, then you're kind of SOL. They're just going to try to push out firmware updates as available, but it's going to depend on approval from carriers, testing, region, and all of that. So huh. you have to have a Knox-enabled phone to get those updates. Sorry, what were you going to? Oh, I don't know. I just, I'm just curious if they're all on their phones now. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, uh, well, probably most of these guys in here would just replace the ROM with like CyanogenOr or something. Uh, Nexus. Nexus, yeah, there you go. You have the S5 now. Are you concerned about this keyboard flaw? Are you going to check to see if you get the security policy update? Well, when you when you get the phone by default, the security policy updates is usually turned on by default, mm-hmm. and it asks you like, "Hey, do you do you want to turn it on or off?" So you could you know you could check, yeah. make sure you have it on. But yeah. uh, I, I'm checking right now just to be sure. Yeah, I don't know why it would be off. I don't know what the I don't know why people would turn it off, but it seems to be uh, you know. It seems to be kind of important. So because that's, freedom. It's an interesting way. Yeah, <laughs> it's an interesting way to do updates is through these security policies, where they're essentially doing mandatory access controls. I think remotely. Uh, all right, you guys might remember this, but uh, a long while back, Amazon bought the Comicsology app, which was a really great comics reading app for uh, Android and iOS and others. Today, actually last night, Amazon announced that they're bringing twelve thousand Marvel comics to the Kindle store. Wow. Yeah, this is huge. Uh, for Marvel comics fans, this is this is a big deal. Uh, the retail giant announced boy, well, isn't that funny? What'd you say? Amazon's now called the retail giant when people oh, write about them. I heard retail giant. <laughs> I'm like, what? Retail giant. What kind of combination of words did you just do? <laughs> <laughs> Probably sell those on Amazon. The retail giant announced a new deal late last night with pub- publisher Marvel that will allow Kindle owners to download single issues of the publisher's comics directly from the Amazon store. The deal makes more than 12,000 Marvel pack issues available from Spider-Man to Star Wars in the Kindle store without using the Comixology app. Issues now sold through the Kindle store will be available the same day they hit the store shelves on, and the Comixology service. While the new deal brings Marvel's huge back catalog to Kindle owners, Comixology will continue to have both all the <laughs> comics and the Marvel Comics apps continues on as well. What's that? <laughs> A bank suggests Heinz now with Retail Gina X. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Uh, I can't. You that know, is I, really cool. When I think of this, I think about it, this. Could be great for the kids. Yeah, this could be really good. Definitely, Abby's. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a comic nerd too, so this is awesome. Are you excited? Do you have I mean, a? Are you? Would you get a Kindle to do something like this? Well, no. I'll use a Kindle app, maybe. Yeah, but I, yeah. I wouldn't get an actual Kindle. But if they have like, there's the Marvel already has something called Marvel Unlimited. So you pay like ten dollars a month, like Netflix, and you get whatever comics you want. Yes. The only the only problem is that they have like a six month release. Uh, delay, so that if it comes on the shelf, you got to wait six months before after to get it. But if this if this Amazon thing allows you to get the digital versions of the, the latest stuff, that would be awesome. Yeah, I, I hope that what would be really cool is I I because I I have a hard time following these, but uh, there's a few comics that the kids and I like, and I like the option of just send me a notification when a new issue comes out, and then I could choose to grab it. Yeah, that would be really cool. I'd like that quite yeah. a bit. So uh, good to comics Amazon. Are awesome, but. It, one of the most um, impossible things to keep track of. The only thing you always wonder when these big things go online is there is that culture around the comic book store. You go in there, you peruse the comics, you talk with the comic book owners. You know, it's yeah. I, I don't think that's going to go away, but you gotta you gotta wonder. This could be another nail in that coffin. Well, bit. you know, there's a comic store by the Safeway in Linwood, and it's no longer. There. Yeah, they're 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 yeah, they're drying up. They're yep. drying up. You know, it's not yeah, drying up. Oh. That was a good the segue. Thing is, the, the, the thing is, um, 
comic book stores are going to be even more valuable now for True. those that the ones are that still into physical ones. Yeah, yeah, because one. people still want that that like actual book, and they want the the value from it, and they want the collectability of it. So if runs start printing fewer, then they might be even more valuable yeah. to drive up the market of those. Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, as as this really does seem more, this is yet another area where mobile is changing up a market quite a bit. Uh, but you're right, and that there's going to be that sort of counter swing yep the comic stores are actually doing a lot more stuff for like uh, more community things to get more people to come in and you know participate at the same time and you know do like group readings and stuff like that which is kind of weird but they also do like gaming things and all kinds of stuff so Mm -hmm. they're they're not really going to be hurting that bad what's actually hurting them is dc's current run has kind of screwed up a lot of stores Mm. but that's not that's not relevant Mm, that sounds like it's going to be a whole episode into itself. Yeah. Get the DC digging. <laughs> now get the fanboys out. All right. <laughs> uh, I've I got to give a quick plug. I am super excited. We've hit 548 folks over at patreon.com slash today. Thank everybody so much for supporting the Jupiter Broadcasting Network. Uh, Ange knows uh, how much this really is going to help. And yep. she knows how it's actually really uh, going to be a huge part of getting us where we need to be. And hopefully by this time next year, we're going to be even a larger number than that. We'll be doing even more incredible things. I'm excited. I feel like we've turned a corner and we're moving towards some awesome stuff. And I got to give a plug as an example of some of the things we're able to facilitate now because of the support we've been getting from our patrons is this Friday. So today, if you're listening right right now, uh, we have a 3 p.m. live edition of the Linux Action Show where the Linux Action Show got a chance to go to Red Hat's office. And we, uh, it's so much content that we decided we're going to throw out the format of last for one week, and we're going to do a special Linux Action Show Visits Red Hat edition of the show, and we're recording that today. And part of the reason we were able to make that is we had extra budget, so when the guys went to self, we could, have, we could take extra time. We could do this. We could make all of this possible, and then we can bring that back and spend the time to work on that footage, put it together, all of it from end to end. Patreon.com slash today. Thank you, everybody, for making this network great. And is there anything else we need to cover today? Anything else you want to mention? Mm. <clears throat> We're going to take one more week off the faux show. Sorry about that, everybody. Yeah. But it's Father's oh, Day this Sunday. Yeah, I don't think it's off the uh, calendar yet. Okay, we'll do that when we get off the air. Uh, mm. So that's just a little heads up. Uh, Women's Tech Radio episode 31 came out yesterday yep. or the day before? Yep, Wednesday. Yeah. Um, submit your summer project. To the faux show. Angela at Broadcasting.com. What are you working on this summer? Done or not done? Picture, IRC, Nick, brief description. Yeah, we'd love to have that. We'll do an award show on the faux show soon. All right, techtalktoday.reddit.com is where you go to make this show better. And also, you can join us live and interact in the, in the mumble room or in the chat room, jblive.tv. We do it at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar for that. Now, I have kind of a weird video that the chat room found for me at the beginning of this week. We've been sitting on it all day. We, we're getting on the topic of old antivirus commercials. And now, today, the big boogeyman is cyber hackers in China and Russia and cyber warfare. But back in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, it was viruses and malware. And we had to train the public on how dangerous it all was. So that's what this will do. So now you'll know the dangers of viruses. See you back here next week, everybody. Have a great, we- have a great weekend. And hope to see you on Tuesday. You depend on your computer to get things done. A healthy computer is a strong computer processing data quickly and reliably. Viruses are written by ill-intentioned hackers to infect your computer and destroy your data. They can take control without your permission or knowledge. Some viruses really cause your computer to beep or display political messages. 
Others are extremely destructive. They damage data, delete files, and can even completely erase your hard disk. Your computer can catch a virus when files enter it from disks, a local network, or the internet. Just as a cold virus attaches itself to a human host, a computer virus attaches itself to a program or file, and just like a cold, it's contagious. Once a virus is on your computer, it may hide out until a trigger date to wreak havoc. Symantec antivirus solutions can prevent viruses from getting to your files. If a virus creeps in, Symantec antivirus repairs the damage and eradicates the virus. Because new viruses are written every day, you need to keep your antivirus software up to date. Engineers in the Symantec Antivirus Research Center are working round the clock to track down viruses wherever they exist. At least once a month, click or schedule live update to receive the latest and best virus protection straight from the internet. That'll do you it. You can compute virus-free. Straight from the Symantec internet. You know that you internet safe. that's also attacking your computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that does kind of not make sense. All right, see you next week, everybody. <laughs>